Welcome to Conflict and Resolution, a podcast about getting better conflict resolution results. I'm your host, Tammy Lenski, a professional mediator, coach, conflict resolution author, and teacher. How do you reduce resistance? What are the best ways to handle difficult people? What tactics overcome impasse? And how can you get someone to fill in the blank? These questions all have something in common. They position you to work on someone instead of with them. This episode is titled, Overcoming Resistance. Work with people, not on them. Overcoming resistance during conflict is not about a secret tactic or tool. It isn't about a bigger arsenal to blow a hole through the barrier that's blocking your route. And it surely isn't about more brawn, smarter moves, or trickery. When we notice something another person resists, it's seductive to interpret their resistance as defense against the truth that we see and that they can't accept. When we glimpse something we don't like in another person, it is seductive to characterize it as a character flaw or even a personality disorder. I'm hearing that one more and more frequently. These seductions may well just be more examples of evolutionary baggage that isn't very useful in 21st century life. And I'll put a link about that in the show notes. These seductions cause us to mistakenly assume we're a better judge of their life, their experience, and their self-awareness than they are. And they distract us from what is much more likely, that people are better experts in their own experience than we can ever be. It is true that we can occasionally see in someone something they don't notice in themselves, but the occasional successful insight shouldn't persuade us that our diagnostic abilities are particularly canny, accurate, or even useful. So what if we revoked our self-appointed permission to work on other people and pushed ourselves to work with them instead? What would it mean for the way we act and speak and manage and mediate. For each of the following, there's a link in the show notes that goes with it. It would mean we lead with our curiosity instead of our judgment. Judgment is, after all, the great distancer. Curiosity without judgment is a tremendous gift to those we live with, work with, and serve. We're unduly stingy with this gift. It would mean we teach ourselves to stop pushing and pulling. We stop trying to get them to fill in the blank. When we notice resistance to something we're trying to do, we must recognize that it is a defense against our attempts to work on them. They've discovered our agenda, and it's really natural to push back against someone else's harsh judgment or subtle manipulation. The resistance isn't then about their inflexibility, It's about our working on them instead of with them. It would mean we fight the pop-psych diagnostic habit. It's seductive to think we know what's wrong with them, right? Their passive aggressiveness, their personality disorders, and, you know, all the other pet diagnoses we've read or taken a workshop about. Instead of focusing our energy on what's wrong with someone, we must push ourselves to do the harder work of aligning our effort with what is right with them. There's a bonus here, too the list of what is right with them is likely much, much longer, giving us more to work with. It would mean we become more vigilant about category errors. When we put someone in a category, say, a difficult person or a bully, 
our minds may well prevent us from seeing them in all their human richness, that they're a good husband or a caretaker of her elderly mother or a volunteer EMT or a hard worker. Category errors blind us to other ways of viewing and understanding what's around us and cause us to distill someone down unfairly. It would mean we teach our non-judgmental presence to stay in the room with us. This is a habit we can cultivate with small acts every day. When our teen rolls up her sleeve to show us her latest tattoo, we can practice being curious without judgment for just three minutes. With small daily practices, we build the muscle memory we'll need for the tougher moments. And it would mean actively looking for the equal human in front of us. We allow ourselves to see the perfect, flawed specimen who is as perfect and flawed as we are. We push ourselves to look for that person when we're tempted to sit on a high horse. It keeps us humble in their presence. What would it mean to you? Thanks for listening. For more conflict resolution guidance and inspiration, you can find over a thousand articles and my Resolution Resource Center at lensky.com. That's L-E, and is in negotiation, S-K-I.com.